When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Dupoff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So this week's episode, we'll be discussing Fifa Middleton's worrisome wedding preparations and Katy Perry's night partying at Paris Hilton's mansion. We'll also talk about Justin Timberlake's surprising ex and some truly insane Hollywood casting news, which I'm really excited to get to. Uh, but first, I want to mention that I am running on less than two hours of sleep right now. I'm at the Cannes Film Festival. It's a very bittersweet experience because I'm here without Josh. So this is like a, a tried and true in the limelight tradition of Julie being in a glamour European location while I'm camped out in some bleak room in New York. <laughs> Woe is me. Uh, but Julie is at Cannes and we're all so excited. And she's going to see Nicole Kidman. She's going to see Rihanna. Oh, she's going to see Cara. Who are you most excited? Well, I, I just interviewed Charlotte uh, Gainsbourg, which was a very French way to kick off the festival. But I'm allegedly getting 10 minutes with Cara Delevingne. Yeah, I think maybe work on the confidence of that pronunciation <laughs> before you interview her. But but that's so exciting. She was at the Met Gala um, at Rihanna's after party and she was wearing this like uh, that kind of crazy look on her head, like the wig kind of thing. Well, it was like a skull cap. She was so cool. She was like one of the coolest people. See, there. I didn't realize that she actually is bald, but she's there promoting for, for a role, right? Yeah, she shaved her head. But she's uh, actually promoting some sort of like ice cream brand there. Not sure she really wants that above the radar, but that's why she's here. But Josh, I'm going to, there's a Rihanna party. It's a space themed party. So I really need you to advise me on what to wear. And that? like, I, I hope that my observations can top yours, but it's like in a warehouse. So there's no way I'm going to get that kind of like you know, the view, the perspective you had. That's kind of incredible. Rihanna, I also really like that we're doing like Rihanna parties worldwide. Like, <laughs> no, Our listeners can never say we're not really going all out for them because we are hitting up Rihanna parties in every country that there is one. Left and um, right. Yes. 
Is Rihanna there for Valerian or just for like her being a fashion person? I think it's something fashion related. It's uh, she's co-hosting the show part. I think she's debuting some fashion sort of. That's another thing I will brush up on before I go to the party. <laughs> also, wait, and everyone, everything I'm seeing about Can is talking about. I feel like Nicole Kidman is like the pretty like because she's queen of Can. Belle of the festival, movies. yeah. Four yeah. different projects she's here with. Um, who else is going to be? Do you think you'll be? Are you going to be seeing her? Do you think? I hope so. I plan on it. I don't know if she plans on it, but I plan on it. Oh, this is exciting news. <laughs> We were on a flight out here with Will Smith, Julianne Moore, Jessica Chastain, who I might add, waited for her baggage at baggage claim without any handlers. Wait, that's like a redhead superhero group. Julianne Moore and Jessica Chastain. And Susan Sarandon. A real trio. Wait, she was on the flight too? Yeah, a real trio. (laughs) If that plane would have gone down. Oh my gosh. Who would have been billed first? (laughs) That's such a good question. That's like my favorite thought experiment. Yeah, but we also we have, Will Smith. Why? Why is Will Smith going to camp? Josh, get ready for it. He's a jury member, so he's going to be what? going to every single like premiere, every movie. You're going to see like 20 different photos of him on the red carpet. I hope he brought some colorful suits. I hope Jaden's here. Has he ever even had a movie that's debuted at Cannes? Like, like how is he Unclear. even, like, allowed? Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. That's like, that's like Heidi Montag showing up at, like, Telluride or something. I mean, but that's I'm like... not going to diss that star power on the Cannes jury. <laughs> Come on. No. That's a good... He's, maybe he'll, like, wear some cool Parisian outfits. Oh, I, a beret? I would, I would love mm-hmm. to see him in a beret. But actually, one of our colleagues managed to get himself into first class while the rest of us were, like, in row 48. Come on, are we gonna, we're not going to name names. We're not going to name names. No shout out. But he said Will Smith was the dream flight passenger. Everything you would have wanted. He was in, like, great spirits, so enthusiastic whenever people came up to him and said something, entertaining the fellow passengers, everything you wanted. I feel like um, he's the type to like you could chat him up and it wouldn't be that scary. Like if I was sitting next to him on a flight, I feel like I would say, hey. Right. But see, then I guess yeah. when he got off the plane, like no one else could get up. He was whisked out with like a team of security, didn't have to go through customs. Wow. Really? Left Jessica Chastain in his dust. <laughs> I know. I was going to say poor Chastain, like having to get a bellhop and like carry eight bags. Wow, well, I'm so excited to hear about all your can adventures. I guess next week we'll get like you'll have a had a week there, and we'll get your full download from. Uh, and Julie's going to be at the Vanity Fair can party too, which is on Saturday. Let's move on to the first topic: <laughs> Pippa Middleton. Okay. Josh covered this earlier this week. Her wedding's coming up. When is it? Is it this week, Josh? It is. It's on Saturday. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have an action-packed episode on Monday to record oh um, because we're gonna have Pippa's wedding and Cam to debrief. We're just gonna be popping bottles of champagne. I know these are these are classy events. Pippa's wedding and Cam and Julie, J- Julie, it, <laughs> Julie and Pippa living parallel lives on different aisles, not aisles. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, she. So we were both intrigued by the story that because there's been all these like kind of reports about how she's preparing for the wedding. She apparently completed a three-month strict bridal body boot camp. That sounds like one of those things they make you do at, like, 
elocution school. And I wish everyone could see Josh's face as he was reading this off the script because he had the seriousness as if he were like delivering some sort of college graduation speech. Commencement <laughs> <basically>, address. <laughs> I'm basically, you know, uh, Wolf Blitzer over here with the level of gravity I gave to that. The components of this boot camp, you might be wondering what they are. They include a personal trainer, skincare and leg toning treatments, yoga, Pilates, spinning, cardio training. I'm kind of confused about like what you don't do all of these dance and meditation classes and the club also offers to arrange home deliveries of specialized healthy meals. You, um, but what makes this different from a regular boot camp? How is it a bridal boot camp? Like, is everyone wearing like white <laughs> spandex and like veils and those treatments? A really, really great. I think this needs to be shared, which is the questions Julie included in this outline. Well, here we go. Here are the questions Julie has about this. What is she trying to prove? What does Kate think? Do you think, first of all, what is she trying to prove is an incredible first question. What does Kate think? Do you think Megan is stepping up her pre-wedding routine? And what monster goes months without a glass of wine? Oh yeah, we forgot to mention that you're not allowed to, or she hasn't had wine in, I think they said months. Months. They said like Pippa's diet has never been better. Okay, but also the thing that's also funny to me about this whole thing is that... Pippa's already like an in incredible shape. She's one of the most fit celebrities I've ever laid eyes upon. <laughs> Do I believe that? I mean, she <laughs> gets like that. Michelle Obama run for her money in terms of that arm definition. Yeah, I'm kind of like, girl, if there's anyone who doesn't need to really kill themselves here, it's you. I mean, I don't know her, but I want to stage an intervention. I guess I kind of see her as the discipline type. And if you knew you were going to be photographed by every, you know, Getty photographer, this way of the east <laughs> but she's not inviting like a whole pool of photographers this isn't kate's wedding i feel like it's just a high profile wedding you know do you think kate's um, gonna give a speech and will someone secretly record it and leak it on the internet i was reading somewhere that they're just being so strange about how kate is gonna not be a bridesmaid or not be a maid of honor because she doesn't want to steal the thunder Meanwhile, Megan doesn't have a problem with that, clearly. <laughs> and also, lean into it, I think. Like, you're Kate Middleton. Like, yeah, everyone's going to be looking for you anyway. Like, you so you would wear, wear if you wedding. were Kate, you would show up in your white dress, your white figure-hugging dress. <laughs> oh, my God. I would literally show up in the exact same wedding dress, I think. as like a TBT style. <laughs> and then be like, eat this, Pippa. Like, let's remember who the real future queen is here. Enough about Pippa's bridal boot camp. What is our bridal boot camp for Pippa's wedding? Because we have to be watching. How are we gearing up for this? I think our bridal boot camp is just the inverse of Pippa's. So like we drink more, we don't work out, and we like completely let ourselves go. I feel like because we're just the full on spectators here. Like no one's inviting us. No one wants us within a mile radius. We do the opposite. Put weird, like stand out in the sun with no sunscreen. Like Let ourselves completely go. Oh. That sounds fantastic. But I, don't know. I think you're doing the best boot camp one could do, being at Cannes. There must be royals around at Cannes. Don't you feel slightly royal? I've never been to Cannes, but I feel like you would. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe they're out here. Princess Diana hit up a Cannes Film Festival once. There we go. So that's rest my case. Um, Wait, are you <laughs> crackling something? Are you, are you crackling? What is that sound? I feel like we're just going to have to, you know, it doesn't get more glamorous than this, guys. <laughs> uh, 
I am like recording into a phone on like 10 books stacked on top of each other. Wait, Julie, look at the books. (laughs) Those are some serious science books. That is, no one would expect that. Let's just say I'm not reading them. (laughs) Okay, wait, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, Katy Perry. Katy Perry also was a big can person last year. Speaking of can. Remember, she and Orlando Bloom, like, were, were at some mansion oh. for the L'Oreal party. They, they, not, yes. not, not for movies, obviously. Um, Ob- ouch. She, ouch, Orlando she, Bloom. <laughs> not for movies, obviously. <laughs> Sorry that Orlando Bloom isn't booking, like, the lead of Terrence Malick film. Okay. <laughs> Katy Perry went to a party at Paris Hilton's house on Saturday. Yes. With... Wow, what a litany of names. Like, I don't Sophia even understand Ritchie. these words, which is why I wanted you to read it. <laughs> Sophia Ritchie, Bella Thorne, Kiara, uh, are the same name as our photo editor, Kiara Faragini, and her bestie, Agizalia, for a girls' night in. But I, Okay. So I'm confused, because did Paris host this? Did they, like, Airbnb Paris's yeah. house for the night? Yeah, it was interesting because I saw this on Instagram and I was very confused. So Katy Perry is kind of like a little bit, I don't know what the word is. She's kind of just like not losing her mind, but she's definitely like posting a ton on Instagram. And like, it's a little bit crazy and like speaking to the camera. You don't know what you're going to get. See, crazy or amazing? I love. No, it's, it's really good. And so she went, all the, I was like looking at her Instagram over, I think it was Sunday morning and she had spent the night at Paris Hilton's house. And like Paris Hilton's house was just like a shrine to Paris Hilton, which is so perfect. Oh. So there was like this giant painting of Paris that like Katie was paying her respects to. There was like a, a framed single of her Paris is like stars are blind and Katie captioned it like in all caps. I am screaming. <laughs> There was a, a human-sized doghouse, which, Josh, I need you to explain this to me. Oh, you mean you don't have a human-sized doghouse in the front of your home? I have three. Also, a Paris cutout, which, like, I just love that it's so Paris Hilton to me that, like, the whole house seems to just be, like, different life-size representations of Paris. Like, like can you imagine like- Paris meeting with her interior designer? <laughs> So there's not enough paintings of me in this room. Like, I think everything is like, I'm sure like the pillows are just like knit with her face. And I'm like, I feel like the whole house is just like oriented around that. Wait, what would you do in Paris Hilton's house? Like, would you, if you got an invitation, would you go? I would absolutely go. I would make sure my cell phone was fully charged up, that I had Wi-Fi. I think I would have done it like Katie did. My question, though, is I sense like a bit of snark, like Katie kind of making fun of Paris's decor. Is that what you sense? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I actually didn't love that because I felt like, because I was seeing then that Paris was commenting on all of Katie's photos with like heart emojis and like, Katie, like, I love you. And I feel like Paris doesn't see that, like, maybe there's, like, a slightly mocking element to it. And it was making me feel kind of bad for Paris. I'm like, oh, Paris probably thinks this is, like, so sweet that Katie Perry's coming to her home and, like, Instagramming. And, like, I feel like Katie's, like, kind of LOLing, like, sending her friends screenshots, like, laughing a little bit about it. 
but it, and I felt like I did I didn't love that. But at the same time, like I don't know that the girl who has like a twelve foot mosaic of her face <laughs> is that self aware to begin with. So I don't know how how much she would be able to pick up on those those undercurrents. Yeah, I think she doesn't. So maybe it's a win win. Like Katie gets her kind of like hipster cred and can kind of laugh with her friends about like the Paris Hilton experience, and then meanwhile. Paris just thinks Katie's being so sweet to her. Well, because remember, Paris let Sofia Coppola film in her house for the bling ring, which was also kind of making fun of Paris because it's like all Paris-centric, you know, decor in like an insane closet with like 300 pairs of jeans. Yeah. I forgot about that. Paris Hilton's house has a lot of pop culture like history to it. Also, Jeffrey Towsey, social media editor of Vanity Fair, Shout out. Once, te- <laughs> once texted me, you have to look at Vogue's Snapchat because it was Paris Hilton's takeover. Like she was taking over their Snapchat and it was actually kind of amazing. And it made me think she's totally in on the joke. I have to tell you, I she was at the Bling Ring premiere party at the Chateau Marmont, and I went up and asked her a few questions. And you can say what you want about her and her or her like intellect or whatever. But when I went up to her, she clocked in. She looked me straight in the eye. She answered those questions like so perfectly. Like she knew what she was there to do. And she filled that job perfectly. That's actually, I mean, like that's really great. Yeah. So from one, what's the good Paris? (laughs) That's ungenuine. That's really great. That's really great. I guess it's like from one 90s. Was she 90s? She's timeless. (laughs) She's every decade. From one timeless legend to another. God. Our transitions are getting like bitchier with time, I feel. (laughs) But Jenna Duan is who we're trying to get to. How do you get from Paris Hilton to Jenna Duan? Let us know, listeners. (laughs) This week, Jenna Duan, who you might know from the movie step up she was like a great she is a great dancer uh Mm -hmm. married to channing tatum she was on andy cohen (laughs) andy cohen's peabody award winning program watch what happens live and on it she revealed that she dated justin timberlake and i love that one of andy's questions was whether or not Justin and Brittany actually had a dance off at a club as Us Weekly reported like light years ago. It was actually like when I was researching for this podcast, the same way PhD students do for their archaeology uh, papers. <laughs> I, I, oh wait, Julie, I have to call you back. <laughs> okay, we're back. Josh has switched locations just to mix it up. I love it. Like the spontaneity here is really off the charts. <laughs> Let's give Kelly Butler a shout out. Yeah, we want to thank Kelly Butler, dear friend and faithful listener who's giving up her office. It's not quite can, but it will have to do. I'm trying to recreate canon here. I have a cutout of Christoph Waltz and one of Elle Fanning. You All right. Found a bottle of rosé. Yeah, and have a croissant. That's the people in France eat, right? Wow, I'm just uh, just loving life. Okay, so we just finished talking about uh, Paris Hilton and Katy Perry's dear, close, loving friendship. Um, who's the Katy? Who's the Paris between the two of us? 
I think you're the you're the Katie, maybe. You're just trying to be nice. <laughs> I don't know. I can kind of see you like on stage at the at the Grammys, like walking on that like revolving house and all white. I can see that happening. I, I have worn a fluorescent wig in my day. Um, so, but we we want to do something. We want to start a new feature this week. So Josh and I do not like casting news. Like, I think as soon as we see yeah. anything about casting in a headline, we immediately X out this box. But there were a few, few headlines that we could not resist. And I think they're actually all tied to Cannes because these are like movies that are being pitched to financiers and distributors in hopes of getting like funding. And then if they get funding, they can make these truly insane films. The first of which, I think it popped up on the news wires on Monday. And Josh, you do the honors. Zach Efron is going to be playing serial killer Ted Bundy in the drama. Oh, wow. It's actually called this Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. I don't know um, if I'm ready to see my Disney stars like dismembering bodies. Well, it's just, I feel like every movie Zac Efron does, I'm going to be, we're seeing Baywatch next week. Like every movie he does is like some variation on, he's just playing this like bro-y, you know, like that awkward moment, like dirty grandpa, you know, Tim and John need to like go down a water slide made of beer. You know, it's like, it's like everything's that kind of vibe. So this feels like he's really, this is like a dramatic departure, which I feel like is a very risky move, but Is he trying to branch out of his standard fare? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Our colleague Richard Lawson said that he's actually seen Zac Efron's few smaller movies. There was one like about the club scene where Zac did give off this like kind of disturbed, darker, like eeriness. So he thought that he would actually be like really good. And Ted Bundy was, of course, good looking. But was he Disney star good looking? (laughs) This feels like a very, like, Ted Bundy being paid by Zac Efron feels like a punchline to some, like, Saturday Night Live joke. Like, it doesn't quite feel like it's going to be able to be taken seriously, you know? Like, I love Zac Efron as much as the next person who grew up on High School Musical. But I just feel like it's a, it's it's asking for like jokes. I feel more than anything else. Right, you can't go from like Baywatch to Ted Bundy. Maybe if this project were to come up like fifteen years from now. And he was having yeah. some sort of, like, Mickey Rourke resurgence. Well, I like how you noted here, too. It would be, like, a monster reboot starring Miley. <laughs> I feel like it's just the kind of thing you do, maybe, if you're, like, Zac Efron as 45. Like, when he's, like, trying to reinvent, like, the later stage of his career. It's kind of surprising for him to do it now. Is Zac Efron's six-pack going to figure into the plot of this Ted Bond <laughs> biopic? I don't know. Maybe he'll shock us all and put on this really, like, searingly intense, in-depth, great performance. Maybe Vanessa Hudgens will show up to play, like, a raven or something. Right. (laughs) Who will be laughing when he shows up on our podcast during, like, awards award season to promote it i don't know i hope he does well but i I was actually surprised because the project does seem so out there but it was actually won the nickel fellowship first prize it was on the blacklist so i don't know so it's a good property so then also in our roundup of these kind of unusual casting i feel like we're um 
like Hollywood agents right now. Claire Foy, friend of the podcast, <laughs> uh, Queen Elizabeth, we both love. She, I saw her at the Rihanna party, and we both watched The Crown, though I still have three episodes to go. You are like going to set the Guinness Book of World Records for the slowest viewing of the first season of The Crown. <laughs> and my parents just finished it, so now I really have no excuse. And it's not those. even like you're savoring it. Like, you don't want it to end. You're just like... When when it's does like, the mood even strike where you finally say, like, okay, I'm going to finally queue up that next episode? The episodes are just so long, you know? Like, I feel like basically you're watching a movie each episode, which is delightful, but you got to be ready for that commitment. Not it's that not like delightful you- <laughs> if it's taking you, like... It's also not like keeping up with the Kardashians so you can have it on in the background while you do 10 other things. Like, you really have to focus. And, like, I have to keep thinking, like, oh, wait, is that her uncle? Is that the person she's dating? Is that this one? Like, I need a map. On that note, Claire, who we love, is playing uh, Lizbeth Slander in The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the latest girl. I just read that like I've never read it. Spoken English. The uh, Girl with the Dragon, the next movie in the Dragon Tattoo series because Rooney Mara is now out of the game. I just love that she's going from this prim, proper, conservative character to play like this goth hacker chick who, like Rooney's character, there were some pretty graphic sex scenes, violent scenes. I guess this is just her trying to switch up her image. This is a very shocking to me. But there's like, something, I, like, vaguely blasphemous about it, or, like, I feel like... Yeah, it does seem a little bit, like, it's just very hard for me to picture. It's like the Zac Efron one. Can you imagine her in, like, the like, full-on Rooney goth makeup? Like, maybe she'll take a different, like, tack with the character, but I don't know. No, I just always want to see Claire Foy surrounded by, like, a dozen corgis. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I but I love this. It's like maybe it's like Zach, where it's like they're sick of what they're known for, and they're just like we're gonna veer right when everyone thinks we're going down left or whatever. <laughs> I think that's all we have to say about that one. Neither yeah. of us are really big into a girl with a dragon tattoo series. Um, I think we can skip Diane Keaton and Jackie Weaver. <laughs> okay, but then we're getting to the main event, which oh is oh my gosh, drum roll, please. Blake Lively, in a movie called Bruised, is going to be playing a disgraced MMA, like mixed martial arts fighter. But then, which, wait, like, wait, wait, but I copied the passage. Go to the passage, because it gets better. Oh. Lively will play Jackie, a single mother working two jobs and a disgraced MMA fighter who has been up against the ropes her entire life. When the authorities threaten to take her young son away from her, she must get back in the cage for one last chance. Oh my God, get back in the cage for one last chance to fight for redemption and give her son the life she always wanted. What is this movie? This sounds like a Hillary Swank role. I mean, this is crazy town. Blake Lively playing this is like the only thing that matters to me this week. Can you see her playing? Like an I MMA mean, fighter? She's so glamorous. I can't see her. I know. So she, I mean, what I love about Blake is, among 800 other things, she doesn't, these roles she picks, like like the shallows, she's like, oh, I'll like play this kind of like 
a stranded woman on this deserted island. Oh, I'm going to play a blind woman in this other movie. I'm going to play a woman that doesn't age in this movie. And I'm going to play an MMA fighter. Like, she doesn't do anything easy. She doesn't make life easy for herself. Like, she's not picking those Katherine Heigl rom-coms. She's not picking those kind of bland Rachel McAdams, like, dramedies. Like, no, she's doing these kind of crazy, bonkers like, psychotic roles. Like, I love that. You know how I picture it? I picture Ryan Reynolds built, like, a Price is Right-style wheel in their living room. <laughs> and, like, each week he adds a new wedge, like, drug-out, yeah. war vet, whatever. And so whenever she wants to work again, she spins the wheel, and that's the only logical way I can get to her playing a disgraced MMA fighter. It reads like a punt, or like a Mad Lib. Okay, so which of these three performances, Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, Claire Foy as Dragon Tattoo Girl, or Blake Lively as an MMA fighter, which which do you, are you most excited to see? I have to say that Blake Lively as the disgrace, it's not even like a successful MMA fighter, it's like a disgrace. <laughs> That's such a good point. What That's about such you? a good point. Blake, obviously. Though, honestly, all three hold a lot of intrigue for me. Claire Foy's probably one of the only people that could get me interested in seeing Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because it's so bizarre and that, like, that juxtaposition. And then Zach Efron playing a serial killer. Like, yes, please. I want the Blake Zach Ef- Efron double feature. I think yes. that would be incredible. But the Blake Lively project gets even kind of more surreal because it's directed by the same guy who directed The Notebook, Nick Cassavetes. And for those like hardcore Blake Lively fans, they will remember that Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds got married on the South Carolina plantation where they filmed The Notebook. So like, oh what does gosh. this all you mean? You just schooled me and Blake. I didn't even like. I would never even done that kind of circumference of the whole thing. Congratulations! <laughs> and on that note, I think we are going to bid adieu. That does it for this week's in the limelight. Thank you so much for listening, and please remember to uh, rate, review us, let us know what you are, who you're most excited for Julie to see at Cannes, what you would do in Paris Hilton's house, whether you're more excited for Zac Efron serial killer, Blake Lively MMA fighter. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelights. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We also have an Instagram account, which is In the Limelight Pod. Maybe we'll convince Julie to post some canned scenic pics. Uh, this episode was produced by Jordan Bell and edited by Afim Shapiro. Uh, thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then, no bad energy. Thank you.